have like some kind of like signal if like something we need to like start like cut the episode or like maybe like okay let's let's move it on that's like a more of a silent thing do you think that's necessary to make sure we stay within our time frame i think it's a good idea to have it because even if we don't ever use it It'd be nice to know that we have a little, little secret code we can throw out just there like when a, it's needed. A sawing motion, like okay, let's let's cut it, let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> just <laughs> a, a gentle fisting motion. <laughs> I've not fisted anyone before, so I don't know the proper it's, technique. It's, it's you yeah, gotta you, start. You gotta I start mean, that makes sense. You make it like taper. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and but once you're in there, then you can just start <laughs> <laughs> fucking beating it up. Beat it up. I am recording. Punch by it. The way. Oh. <laughs> And I probably will keep this anyway. <laughs> you were gonna talk. About oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a thing. Hello, uh, I I feel like I should introduce it, but I don't even do it on my own show, so I don't know why I feel this way. Yeah, just start talking. I'm about just gonna start book. talking. I want to talk about Ice Planet Barbarians. Ooh. Have either of you ever heard of Ice Planet Barbarians? No, nope. but it sounds like an old B horror film. It, yeah, it does. Um, well, I'm gonna just. I'm just going to read, I'm going to read the back of the book. Um, and it makes me very happy. And I have not read this book yet, but I'm going to read this book. You'd think being abducted by aliens would be the worst thing that could happen to me. And you'd be wrong. Because now the aliens are having a sh- having ship trouble. And they've left a cargo of human women, including me, on an ice planet. We're not equipped for life in this desolate winter wasteland. Since I'm the unofficial leader, I head out into the snow to look for help. I find help, all right. A big blue-horned alien introduces himself in a rather startling way. There's a nice ellipsis <laughs> there, too. A rather startling <laughs> eyebrows. way. Some eyebrows. <laughs> First eyebrows of the episode. <laughs> Maybe we should, uh, in the future not say when the eyebrows are, but leave weird pauses and have people guess which ones were eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Vectal says that I'm his mate, his chosen female, and that my presence is the reason his chest is purring. Okay. He'll help me and my people survive, but this poses a new problem. If Vectal helps us survive, I'm not sure he's going to want to let me go shit so it's also the cover of the book is a woman in a blue fur dress thing with a spear she has full makeup on <laughs> of course you do. just intense on the ice shadow. planet where you've crashed mm-hmm. where you've been yeah. abandoned obviously gotta get your mask well, aliens, on point yeah the aliens weren't gonna let you go out there without some flash and pop you know if you're gonna be picking up some d yeah <laughs> can't can't leave my house without my jewels you know uh then in the background, there is a snowy mountain, as to be expected mm-hmm. on an ice planet, mm-hmm. a flying saucer, which is very, very okay. like a flying saucer, like a 1960s. And then a man who you can only see his lips and chin, which is more than enough, <laughs> and his bulbous chest. He is blue. Bulbous. Bulbous. <laughs> oh. Monstrous. Uh, he's got long flowing dark blue hair. He's wearing a blue furry vest um and his lips are luscious as to be expected strong gin strong chin it's not strong gin that's what i'll be drinking when i read it but and then a nice (laughs) blue tail just wrapped around her in the front yeah let me see let me see yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, hopefully Mm -hmm. he is not as um possessive as they make it sound yeah i don't know if this is gonna be a little sketch um What's it? What's his face? Uh, Gray from Christian Gray. Christian Gray. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a Christian Mm. Gray. I don't know. Apparently this is a very popular book. Mm. Um, I'm surprised that the uh, Ice Planet Barbarian is as sleek and nude as they appear to be on the front cover of the book because it's an ice planet. And you would think that people who live there would be very furry. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess if... He's from there. Maybe he has some sort of special skin that can protect him from the outside cold. Mm-hmm. You know, you can come up with space science there. But with her, she is rather exposed. <laughs> like, boobs are fully exposed. And I feel like you want to keep them titties warm in that frozen. I wasn't even waistline. looking at the boobs. Let me see. 
Oh, she's got a lot of cleave hanging yeah. out. Yeah. She's got the full cleave. And she's, okay, it is a wooden stick. I thought it was a metal stick. And I was like, you don't want to hold a metal stick in that cold. That's a bad <laughs> no, idea. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Where'd the wood come from? I don't know. It's an ice planet. Yeah. That's a great question, too. She's got a wooden stick, some string. Don't know where that came from. An arrowhead that maybe she made. I don't know. It's quite clean. A lot of confusing elements. Yeah. Also, I, if you think that she was on an alien ship, like there would probably be sharp, like more modern things on the ship, maybe. Why yeah. would you craft an arrowhead? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so, maybe we're applying too much logic to this sci-fi yeah. novel where someone well, has their titties out. It was also, you know, like um, the fact that it was a bunch of women who were kidnapped mm-hmm. and taken by aliens. So... There's probably some dubious stuff there at the beginning, I would assume. If they're only taking women for their alien ship and then they ditch them on an ice planet, I don't know. Oh, actually, hey, there's a little drawing of the dude on the back and he has on like big fur boots and like a cape. But got, nothing else? He's got like little horns. I would fuck, fuck the big blue dude, yeah. I feel okay. like. Okay. I feel like he's a... Uh, Somewhere between... Still not properly dressed, but whatever. Yeah. He looks great. Possessiveness is very hot in an erotic novel. Not in real life. There's a lot of things that are hot in an erotic yeah. novel that are not hot yeah. in real well, kinda life. Well, kind of like last episode. It's like the consensual non-consent kind of vibe. Yeah. But like, hopefully they had a conversation beforehand before he's like, you are my female. Which, by the way, yucky, yucky. Like, well, I don't really <laughs> like when people, ref- like, especially cis men refer to women as females. I'm like... This isn't fucking National Geographic. (laughs) Like, they're women. They're people. Like, fuck you. (laughs) Quit acting like they're a found species that you don't understand. There's a wild female at the H&M. Like, (laughs) you know, a famale. (laughs) Shut up, you weirdo. (laughs) Well, it's also, I think that it brings up uh, a good little thing that we don't have to get too deep into. But um, the difference between fantasy and reality, because... A lot of people have a very panicky response to fantasy things like pornography and Mm -hmm. fanfic and stuff like that, where it it can seem icky Mm -hmm. sometimes and a little overly aggressive. And, you know, like Christian Grey, one of the biggest upsetting things about it is it kind of taught a generation of multiple generations of women that BDSM was a very manipulative and controlling lifestyle. Yeah. Um, And it kind of just continued to paint the BDSM community in a really shitty way. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I just listened to an episode. I'm trying to remember what this podcast is called, like ologies or something. And it was a specifically an episode on sex. Now I'm just going to put this disclaimer out there. It was definitely through a very like cis heteronormative, like almost like Cosmo way of talking about sex. Like, did you know people put stuff in their butts? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, but the person that was they were interviewing did say something really interesting that uh, research has shown that like cultures with like where sex is taboo, like the more taboo it is, the more fantastical and unrealistic their like pornography and like erotic literature is. Mm-hmm. So like you think about like porn here in the States, like stuff ain't like it's pretty like outrageous, like Russ Meyer sized titties and like big fucking dongs and like just the like the like unrealistic kind of way that sex is portrayed in pornography kind of i was just thinking about like 50 shades of gray it's like they're both unrealistic kind of views of what sex is obviously there is like good pornography out there but the majority of it is like it's not where you should get your sex education let's put it that way well that's that's the the key right there is it's not where you should get your sex education and when we're sitting around saying like you know, oh, kids are learning about sex from porn. It's like, well, whose fault is that? Because it's not porn. Like, that existed for thousands and thousands of years. People have had porn around. If you want to teach kids about sex, then fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Quit acting like you're upset because porn did it wrong. Well, you didn't do it, so it's on you, not porn. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, accessible, inclusive sex education now. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> ridiculous. Like, yes. I want it now. I want it now. Like, if people are thirsty, they're going to try to find water, even if it's garbage water. Yep. <laughs> they are going to drink Mountain Dew. They are. Go- yes. <laughs> and everyone should know Mountain Dew is a fantasy, and you should not believe that Mountain Dew is real water. It doesn't exist. It's, it's not conspiracy. real. Um, yeah. I, I. Last little thing I'll add there, too. Because... Um, 
porn also gets a bad rep for, you know, that's not how people have sex. It is when there's a camera. That, that's the <laughs> other thing is it's like people don't understand that those positions aren't fun most of the time. Most people don't like doing reverse cowgirl, like mm-hmm. crab walk on somebody. Like it is not a very comfortable thing to do, but it is a great angle for a camera. And that's where that stuff comes from. And it's like, that's also frustrating is it's, it's just a one step thought where you're like, Oh, I like watching this. This doesn't actually feel good to anyone. It's just, this is how you get a camera in to see what's going on. Yeah. I guess that would explain why sometimes in porn, it's just like sound. Well, obviously they're acting for one, but also it's like, I know you're not enjoying this. No, yeah, I know you're oh, not. Yeah. And then it takes me out of it. I'm like, not getting no. anywhere close to being touched. Yeah, yeah. they're just like, oh, yeah, mm, yeah, <laughs> please more. Like, <laughs> Rexy. And just Rexy. like checking their watch. Like, mm, uh, it's good. Yeah. Well, it, there's, I'll say it's sometimes it's because, it, you know, just the more I've learned about the porn world too is like having people not like each other, but have to shoot together creates a very bizarre dynamic it's sure yeah because it's you know like sex is sex it's kind of like the joke that pizza is pizza like even bad pizza is still pizza yeah so like you know if it's something you enjoy doing you're consenting to you're gonna have your own version of fun but at the end like if you're not into the person you're sleeping with because you disagree pretty wholeheartedly on some specific subjects which there are no lists within porn so you can choose not to do that but Sometimes it's kind of too hard, especially for male talent, because you pretty much are like, if you have a big no list and you're male talent, then you don't shoot porn. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's pretty much it. Like, you don't you're not going to get a lot of wiggle room there. Like, your job is to show up, have a hard on, finish and get the fuck out. (laughs) Get out of here. Did you come? Get the fuck out. You schmuck. Get out of here. Drives me nuts, too, is like everybody trashes on porn and they talk about how it like, um abuses women in this like 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 consistently but never talk about the fact that like the porn industry is one of the only industries where women are way way outpaid than the men like they are making so much more money at least somewhere that's the case (laughs) like even like if you look at gay porn versus straight porn that the women in straight porn versus the men in gay porn it is still not comparable the amount of money that's being made in those because you know, the fantasies are coming from cishet men. <laughs> like, sure are. And so that's the other thing is like when you're like, well, porn's causing problems. Like, no, those porns are based off of algorithms of what's being searched online. That's where they get those ideas from. You want to know where the problem is? Start looking at your men. <laughs> well, apparently all of our men, cishet men, love like stepsister shit. Yep. Yep, for whatever reason. <sighs> for whatever all, reason. That is definitely a yum that needs to be yucked. Yeah. And that's a, a, a somebody told me a, a very good explanation of it, that they think it comes from kind of the same place that you get um, neck beards. Why can't I think of uh, the Milady guys? Oh, the incels? Ha <laughs> uh, ha. It's where incels come from. Is that <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, um, uh, that it's this idea that there's a woman in your house who's beautiful, who's just there, who just wants to have sex with you whenever you're around. And like, but you don't actually have to take any like responsibility of a relationship or anything like that. Mm. That like you have this kind of like, oh, no, that's like, that's my stepsister. So it's like both a taboo and also just like easy access female kind of thing. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, no, that, that tracks. That makes more sense now why that's such a, it's easy access is what it is. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. Hello. Welcome to Love at First Sighting, where we have sex positive, kink friendly, and thirsty conversations about the monsters and cryptids that traverse our backyards and our imaginations. My name's Joyce. My pronouns are she, they, and I'll be your resident cryptid researcher with the Monster Book Report. Joining me today is Jim. Hey, I'm Jim. I'm here to rep the monster fucker in all of us. And I will be bringing the monster porn. Sweet. Love it. And also joining me is Coco. And Coco forgot his intro. (laughs) 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 Mm, I can can wing it. So, hey, my name is Coco. And I... (laughs) Oh, I got it. And I am unlearned in the way of cryptids. But I do bring an extensive 
uh, knowledge and background in gender and sexuality. I have a black belt in queer, and I am here to learn Get Horny. Close enough. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. So, today, per Jim's request, mm-hmm. I present to you all the not deer. Coco, what do you know about the not deer? So far, that it's not a deer. <laughs> pretty, or pretty descriptive. Or, or is it? Well, I will say, because uh, I, I wanted to start bringing up the nicknames that you give these in front of me. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. Hot beer is what they've been saying. Yes. So, so I'm, tasty. Yes, I'm just really enjoying this. Okay. All right. So give me that hot beer. Okay. So um, I did some research, obviously. And so this monster seems to kind of been born from the internet based on what I can find. Um, it's kind of like a creepy pasta of sorts. Um, the earliest kind of note, like in like the usage of not deer was from a Tumblr post in 2019. Big shout out to I do history sometimes on Tumblr who did an extensive like show your work of their research and like just did all the legwork. So I don't I have that. to. It's great. Yeah. Um, again, you know, this is based on using those search terms. Now, if there was a story about the not deer that didn't use that particular moniker, you know, then maybe it starts um, earlier. Because I did read um, something from 4chan. I didn't go on 4chan because no, thank you. Um, but from 2013, <laughs> but the only they didn't say not deer. And the only description description, excuse me, of the entity um was that it left hoof prints, but it didn't really describe anything else. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't a not deer. But yeah, it's been gaining a lot of popularity on TikTok. You know, there's mentions of it on a specific Reddit page for Appalachia and a lot of Tumblr stuff. Now, there are some folks who say like, oh, well, you know, stories are hard to find because it's been passed down orally through Appalachia for, you know, years and years. But based on what I could find, these are the posts that I could find on the internet and the dates are, you know, pretty recent as far as monsters are concerned. So let's get into what the monster is. So the not deer, as you might imagine, is and is not a deer. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry. imagining the, uh, the creature from uh, Princess Mononoke, the, oh, the forest yeah. god that has like a human face <laughs> and deer antlers. Sometimes, yes. So basically not deer... They tend to, on the first kind of sighting of them, you think it's a deer, uh, but then you realize like with deeper kind of inner, you know, inspection that there's something off about the deer. Now, this could be like some kind of like, it just looks atypical in a way, like physically or like has some like kind of odd development, like elongated limbs or um, extra eyeballs or. <laughs> Um, stuff like that. Just like, it seems like maybe just like it developed a little bit different than most deer. Like, like an extra penis or (laughs) (laughs) two dicks, perhaps two two dicks or (laughs) Um, (laughs) several buttholes. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Butthole for each of us. (laughs) Like joints and weird places and stuff like that. But then there's also sometimes it has more terrifying attributes like sharp teeth, extra eyeballs, um, you know, hands instead of hooves. Um, predator eyes. Predator, yes. Front facing eyes. That, that was a big point. Yes, thank you predator for reminding eyes. me that. That's- eyes that are forward facing that I learned is a basic trait of predators. So like mm-hmm. a wolf or some shit. Because mm-hmm. deer don't, they tend to be more on the side because they need to like they need see, to see in the anybody coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, the next thing that kind of always mention is that not deer um, behave in a you know strange ways for deer like you know they uh, aren't afraid of humans uh, they move in jerky ways um sometimes they're kind of aggressive um they'll stare you down i guess like you know i do want to point out like not trying to be rude but i have seen we live in a place with deer yes <laughs> and um I've had many a deer stare at me, so that, yeah, that I don't find not, that all that weird. And deer can be incredibly aggressive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I had a deer once, like, like clomp its hoof, but I, I did learn later on that that's actually, like, some kind of warning signal to other deer. Um, big animals scare me anyway, so I'm like, if the deer's looking at me, I'm probably going to walk the other way, you know? <laughs> I know they're typically just run into the woods, but... I pet a wild deer. That's... 
Yeah, see, I wouldn't do that. I feel like that's very on brand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. I have pet many a wild animal. I don't know why I keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not the best idea. But I mean, how do you say no once they get up there, you know? Yeah, you know, um, and other like little traits of not deer is like they seem to, pos- I don't know how people can detect this, but possess an intelligence that seems higher for deer. And I've also read stories of deer like running, walking, etc., bipedally, which is, you know, on their back legs. Um, sometimes just sprinting like a human. So yeah, um, <laughs> that would, there are not a whole lot of things in this world that would instantly make me like go fight or flight just like without a, <laughs> without any thought, but a sprinting two legged deer would probably make me be like, yeah, we need to, we need to yeah. leave this. We need to vacate everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should set fire to the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, sightings of these creature, it's frequently seen in Appalachia, kind of like many mentions of this, of foothills in Virginia and stuff like that. Um, I saw a, a few stories about the knot deer. This one isn't exactly the most like freaky or whatever, but I just kind of enjoy how this person writes. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of my own theater this time. Ooh. All right. Bring it. So this is from a user, uh, did you notice on Tumblr? And I'm going to read the story. I have a story about the knot deer from two summers ago. I lived deep in the Appalachia Mountains at the time, unlike the foothills I'm in now. I was wandering in the woods, probably two-thirds of a mile from my house at that point, as one does when they live miles down a twisty dirt road with the nearest town, and therefore things to do, 30 minutes away when I heard brush moving. I knew it was probably a harmless animal, a possum, or a deer, maybe a particularly destructive rabbit, and I turned to look. Well... Hmm. It was a deer in the way that a graveyard is a playground. <laughs> you could treat it as such, I guess, but it won't feel the same. <laughs> I love that line. That's a great line. It's a good line. It was about 30 feet away from me staring. Wild deer don't stare at random people. Mm, I mean, I, I definitely disagree with that. Wild deer don't stare at random people to begin with. They just run away. She was breathing hard and making low rumbling sound. God, it sounds like I'm reading the porn. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I didn't really know what to do and hadn't really thought about the dangers of going near wild animals, even if they are harmless deer. So I went towards her. I swear to God, this thing's eyes blanked out. Do they mean blacked out? It says blanked out. Could be that we white, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Eyes blanked out and it took a couple jerking steps forward, moving really strangely, question mark. And I flinched because what the hell? And then she ran off to the side while staring at me until she was about 50 feet away. It was deeply unsettling in a way that I can't explain. And I know that that thing was not quite a deer. I sprinted all the way home. So a lot of these stories are very much like that. I'm in the dark woods. Then I see a deer. I'm like, oh, it's a deer. Oh, wait, it's weird. It's acting strange. It's scaring me and I run away. Most of the stories, that's pretty much the the format that they take kind of reminds me of the like um uh the fox in like korean and japanese culture where it's like this Mm. like is it a fox is it a witch like is it something that looks like a fox and like the stories are usually kind of like that that well something felt off and then you know someone got sick in town so it was definitely a witch we gotta go kill that fox that's good you bring that up so in the believers camp some people theorize that it's like some form of shapeshifter that's like trying to disguise itself as a deer, but I guess doing like a real shit job of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my first day. It's my first day of being a shapeshifter. I don't know what to do. Deer are aggressive, right? <laughs> deer are like wolves, right? Yeah, you know, and um, and some people also say that the not deer may be related to or the same thing as deer men. And deer men, for anyone that doesn't know, is just like a entity that has a deer's head a human torso and like deer legs. I saw this really great Photoshop of like, just like a deer head popped onto like a very muscular torso, like very much like, God, what are those joke erotic novels on Amazon? I can't remember. There's a whole series of them. Like about Chuck, Chuck Tingle. Tingle? Yes. Talking about them Tingles, baby. Yes. Oh, the Tingle verse. Tingles coming up on this show at some point. Oh, yes. Yeah. Tingles the master of what we're talking about. Basically, yep. it looked like one of those like Chuck Tingle covers. And like, I'm just like, this is this is good. I have to bring this up, even though like I don't have the visual, sadly. But mm. 
So, yeah. So, as far as the believers camp, that's the theory. Um, in the non-believers skeptic camp, it's not as happy. Uh, a lot of people um, cite chronic wasting disease, mm-hmm. which is a fatal neurological disease that affects like deer and elk and moose and things like that. Uh, symptoms include drastic weight loss, stumbling, loss of bodily function, uh, listlessness, and other kind of neurological symptoms, sometimes aggression. Um, and this disease is caused by prions that yeah. lead to the neurological damage in the animals. It kind of makes the brain squishy. It's the same thing as mad cow disease. Well, not the, I don't know if it's the it's same very thing, similar. prions yeah, similar are the reason for mad cow disease or the reason for when they uh, talk about like cannibalistic humans how they like lose their minds um yeah eating your own will give you uh prions yeah yeah but i wonder is that how the not deer got its prions from eating its own (gasps) it's a cannibal deer i mean you know again there there are stories of it being aggressive um you know i haven't done an extensive like research about all the different variety of stories um Supposedly, you get on TikTok, you can see lots of videos about it. I've seen a couple that I watched. Um, I am not on TikTok because I'm old, but <laughs> <laughs> same. Yeah. So, yeah, that is the not deer in a nutshell. Yeah. Mm. I love I I love the not deer. I've like re- obviously I've read stories from creepy bosses and stuff of the not deer, and I just absolutely love it, just because of. <laughs> but I'm not now. Yeah, but now I'm no, looking at a new one. You're just a little bit quieter. We can, can I, we can kind of move it if can, you want. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, make love to you, woman. <laughs> <laughs> just found what I'm going to put quietly in the opener. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, I really love the knot deer because, like, the is it or isn't it that sort of like not quietness is what makes it scary because, like, on first glance it is what it is, but on second glance. It's not what it is. Like that, like slight, yeah. like change. Isn't there a name for that kind of phenomenon? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. I think there is. I can't remember what it My, is. All I could think of was the term cognitive dissonance, which is not the right term. But no, not quite. I feel like there. it's something it's, I mean, kind of uncanny valley. Yes. That's what it, I'm that, thinking okay, of. Okay. Yeah. Because uncanny valley is that like, oh, that's a. Mm? Yeah, like something about that, like, uh, moment Mm -hmm. is so frightening. I just love it. It's a wolf in deer clothing. Well, it's like like, something messes with you. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, if you see something out of the corner of your eye kind of thing, but almost like the reverse. Because when I see stuff out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, ghost. (laughs) Ghost. But, you know, it's kind of the opposite. Like, oh, it's just a deer. Wait a second. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. I have a small story then. Yes. Uh, because, well, this is just interesting that this is the creature because the other night, um, I was standing by a big field with my dog and I heard some noise off in the distance by like, there's a, a creek that runs back behind this building. And as I'm staring off, I, I could see that something incredibly tall was moving through the brush and my dog is not quick or, you know, anything. So I was like, no, poor, no, little, no, poor, he's poor guy. He's a very slow, slow boy. So <laughs> coming for your soup. Um, <laughs> oh, no, the soup again. So he uh, I, I'm not going to rush him. You know, I'm going to let him do his thing. But I'm like kind of looking up and keeping an eye on whatever it is because I can't tell it. And I was pretty sure it was a person. Like I thought there was a person wandering around back in that this brush which was super creepy because there is literally no reason for anyone to be back there. It is a creek. And then on the other side is like a, um, what are they called? A, a cell tower. Mm. And then there's like a neighborhood off in the distance. But the only reason to be back in there is for sneaking. Like that's it. Um, so I'm just like, keep looking up. And then after a little while, I kind of make out a white line that's kind of coming up. And I realized it was like the tail of a deer. Mm. I was like, oh, it's a deer. And I was kind of like looking back. I mean, it's still pitch dark. So like all I could see was like silhouetted, like outline kind of thing. And then once it kind of hit the edge of the, the brush line, I could see enormous antlers coming up like really, really tall off of this thing. And it, I mean, the distance back was far enough that 
the size of this deer had to have been it's like just ridiculous like it would look like a huge fucking deer and i was just like whoa that's really cool but i thought it was kind of spooky because it seemed to be like being weird and like it was like and i know it was sitting there watching me like i watched it like when i was playing on my phone i would look up and i could see that it was facing me and just sitting there and i could just see the antlers sitting like pointed in my direction so i was like okay so maybe i saw a not deer maybe perhaps perhaps well you fucked up because you could have fucked it could have could fucked that could have fucked it what we should <laughs> could have fucked that not deer yes it's very important to knot. put the knot in there yes <laughs> this is a this is a being that has consensual capabilities yes yes well i guess that's the question then does the not deer fuck the not deer do all right let's get into it so this is a story that i found i did not write this myself um i this was part of the reason for my request because i thought this was actually an incredibly well-written story it is the second half so if you are interested and you should be interested because it really is excellent and the world building is chef's kiss um (laughs) But so please read the the first half as well. Please read the whole damn thing uh, if you're interested. But this is a not dear story. The title is, Is It a God Inside You, Girl? And it is by Get Shiggy With It, HQK. Um, and we will have that written out for you all if so you can look it up. They're yeah, on Tumblr. I found this um, on an archive of our own. So. And that is .org, if anyone's interested. Okay, sweet. Um, this is Chapter 2, The Ritual. Coco, there is... Um... Oh, there's dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> so, I'm assuming... Oh, same method as before. You just point at me when it's time. Yep. All right. I don't know if you want to read, like, the, the first descriptor to get you in the get you in the headspace. Um, no accent? Oh, that's kind of sad. No. <laughs> Deep resonant no accent Mm. i can feel that okay now just keep in mind this is the second half of the story so we're missing all the build-up all the like mm, mm, the tension okay we're just jumping straight in we're just jumping straight because it is a longer story so okay it came for you that fall when the leaves had just started their changing and you had to dig out a couple of mother's old quilts from those big chests stacked up in the parlor it came in the night like always a creature of habit you supposed and it did not come alone. In a flurry of hooves and antlers covered in fresh velvet for the prime of mating season, the herd tore through the trees and rushed along either side of the cottage. You woke to the sound of pounding on the earth and that same strange feeling of having your soul stared straight through. Flinging yourself from the bed in its nest of quilting, you found the not-quite deer standing amidst the rush of bucks. They skirted around the thing as though they too could see how wrong it was. Eyes too alive, too alert. Sharp teeth and legs that bent, allowing it to stand on only the back two. Those intricate antlers that sprung from the tufts of gray fur were even more magnificent, mesmerizing, malicious than they had been before in the prime of summer. As though more bone had grown in, covered in soft down to draw the eye of whatever creature was unfortunate enough to stumble across this god of decay, to distract from its deadly touch. You blinked only once, and that's all it took. The thing that was not a deer was in an instant the thing that was not a man. From the edge of the fence line, it beckoned to you with no words or movement, but with a deep tugging of the green that pulsed under your skin, a living thing inside your skin, and you found yourself understanding exactly what you were meant to do. Mate. That's what it said. (laughs) (laughs) It starts. (laughs) It starts. That's what it said. To seal the pact. Your vision was blurred over, as though the world was coated on a film of haze, like pond scum over stagnant water. Everything touching you felt too much. The soft fabric keeping you modest was all at once sand against you, scratching and rubbing you raw. With shaken hands, you tore at them until the sleeping clothes you'd sewed yourself landed softly with a thump to the floorboards that creaked as you walked. Bare as the thing just beyond the broken wards... When you stepped out onto the porch, the herd that announced your new god's arrival had disappeared back into the brush. The wind chilled your naked flesh, the cold and wet autumn night leeching in without the cotton barrier. Goosebumps erupted across your arms, and those eyes, red like blood on a birthing bed, roamed over you. Not so much like a man, though, looking over you, 
all blatant, lusty hunger. This thing was hungry, yes. There was no mistake in that. But there was no spark of carnal longing. No, this was a beast. Long teeth dripping drool as it looked over you. It's meal. Mm. Uh-huh. Tomura, you whispered, with a bit more reverence than you thought it probably deserved. Mother would certainly have a few choice words for any man, or not quite man, showing up on her doorstep bare as a newborn. But it was your doorstep now, and you suppose the thing, being older than the hills as it was, had little use to mortal sensibilities. Human. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Again Sorry. with the, like the Princess Mononoke references. Like the, all the gods have deep voices. Sorry, that's why. Oh, okay. Just, well, it also, just sounded like when the monkeys are like, we eat the human. We, we gain, gain his power his or whatever. Power. <laughs> we will fight. <laughs> we will die. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Can, can we? Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to do that one more time? Uh, all right. Human. The thing. God. Man said. I have a name, you know. Your voice seemed to startle the god into movement, as it took a few slow steps past the old line of the wards. You never bothered to inquire. Quite poor manners, if you ask me. I didn't. He snorted. You were beginning to think that the dry chuffing sound was something akin to a chuckle, and you felt your face heat at at its response. A cheeky thing he was then. That was all right. You had no shortage of aunties growing up to teach you how to properly stand toe-to-toe with a man, not quite or otherwise, who thought himself clever. Well, I think you'll find you may like to use it soon enough. You crossed your arms over your bare chest as the thing came to a halt at the end of the porch steps, looking down from its towering height. I'd rather not have you calling me human if you intend to bed me. And why exactly human would you presume I need your name? Tomara's cracked lips spread in a snarl you thought was meant more as a teasing grin. Well, as I'm sure you're aware, as ancient as you are, you huffed. Names are often used when both parties are responding agreeably to the, uh... Mating? He supplied, the wrinkles around his eyes raising as though he were quirking a brow. It is much more straightforward from what I have seen. Please don't call it that. I'm not some doe waiting to be bred. Your tone was almost certainly too snippy, though you got the sense the god enjoyed your outbursts, much like a cat with a string or bear-batting fish around the current. Are you certain, human? Drool leaked out of the corner of his mouth, while a long, black tongue darted out to lick across those needle-point teeth. You swallowed, mumbling your name in response as Tomura leered down, leaning your heels as, as he bent over you entirely. He was still massive, even in this form, not quite man, a mockery of mortal flesh. Broad shoulders on a thin frame, Ribs outlined through milky flesh, which held the same gray hue as his fur, the same cloudy gray as the eyes of deer caught by a hunter's bow, the sickly blue tint of death. It should have been revolting, but you found it somewhat beautiful stretched across those long limbs. You steeled yourself against the display of dominance. Those antlers knocked against your brow as you pushed yourself upright. Yes, you hissed into the strangely full cheeks cradled by a soft jawline. A small mark decorated the edge of its lips that you hadn't seen before from so far away, like a river stone, obsidian against his pale, cracking skin. Those ruby-red eyes widened just for a bit behind curtains of hair as you stared into the irises. The thing sniffed and hummed before taking your wrist in a four-fingered grip, swallowing most of your forearm as he turned. Cummed. That voice like smoke and shadow spoke into the night. There is a harvest moon. We must couple where the light can touch the earth. You let it lead you, though you had little control in the matter, not with its grip like iron. Bare as you were, the autumn wind only bit even more easily at your skin as you stepped past the buffer of the fence, leaving you shivering after only a few steps. You felt the gods gaze on you for only a moment before a a familiar rush began to bloom across your flesh, warm like a fresh wound and peaceful as the grave at the corner of your garden. The green washed over you from the hand on your wrist. Looking up from the dew-covered grass, you tried to catch your new patron's eye against again in question, but he looks resolutely away. 
though you could see the tips of ever so slightly pointed ears, colored pink as one of Miss Susie Derrick's carnations out in front of the churchyard in town. He stopped abruptly in the clearing you'd first seen and communed with the thing, just on the other side of the cabin. You peered around to see that the trees had broken, branches bent aside to allow the moonlight in. Something in your gut twisted as the thing that was not a man turned to you, taking a step back so that silver light glinted off his hair and shoulders, also speckled with little spots of obsidian that dusted his skin down to his hips. Here, Tomura said, as he took a step into the light as well. Those eyes trailed over you once again, seeming to never find a place to settle. In that moment, he seemed more human to you than ever before. Despite the lingering fur around his navel, the antlers, the green that swirled around his hulking figure, marking it as a god older than the earth. It was a similar flicker of the gaze you'd seen on many a man before. It was worn by fathers and brothers, uncles and cousins, and all other manner of people not ever destined to experience the goings-on of birthing a life. It was the look of a man very wholly confused by the body before him, and unknowing of what came next. You've not done this before, now have you? At the sound of your voice, Tomura's glance found a place to rest at last, fixated directly on your lips in the dim light. I've seen enough of men to know. He groused, head ducking to the side in a show of dramatics that was beginning to remind you very much of a petulant child the longer it snubbed its nose at you. Mating is a frivolity I have no need for. The uncertain tremble in his voice may have been endearing if there was not another deadly hand pulling you by the arm into the clearing, thrusting until you fell to the soft earth. Well, you certainly do now if you want any help from me, you snapped, scrambling Damn back. Damn, girl! Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Clap back. <laughs> you snapped back, scrambling back and kicking your feet along the tall grasses as he hunched over and crawled in your direction. Tomura yanked you back by the ankles until he could settle between your legs. One massive palm pressed flat to your stomach, nearly large enough to encompass you entirely. You let out a grunt at the weight on your chest, struggling against those long, clawed fingers and uttering a few choice curses that would have mother turning in her grave until you realized, quite suddenly, that the god kneeling before you had stopped moving entirely. Tomura was staring down at your bared folds, shamelessly slick at just the implications of your position. His eyes had taken on that widened, glazed look you'd seen before when he called you from your sleep. Would you hold? You began, propping yourself up on your elbows, only to choke on the remainder of your comment when you caught the glimpse of the god in full. Tomura was kneeling back on thighs like oak trees, despite their thin appearance, tongue peeking out from behind those razor-blade teeth. Following the soft trail of gray hairs down his stomach, you noticed the slight shimmer of wetness, followed closely by the ruddy, flush tip and pulsing shaft of his cock slipped free from plump pinkish skin of oh, his sheath. Yeah. His sheath. His sheath. He's unsheathed his cock. Yep. Took Got it right it. out of the hilt. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Careful where you're swinging that thing. Oh, God. Tapered at the head, he was long and thick and twitching with interest against the nest of soft gray fur at the base. It was certainly larger than anything you'd ever claimed to have seen, and you watched, equally entranced, as it leaked beads of milky pre-cum down with every tensing of his muscles. There's always, I mean, I don't know, we've only done a couple of these, but there's always just this moment where it's like, and now it's sexy. <laughs> like, there's a tonal shift. Everything has been leading to this moment, and his cock is out. It's like you're walking, and then you suddenly fall into a giant puddle. You're like, oh, Bad, God. Thick, juicy, coming dick. <laughs> Whoa, what happened? Oh, no. When did we get here? I mean, I'm still here. Like, keep going. <laughs> You swallowed, reaching a hand down to brush against the knuckles covering your hips. Red eyes snapped back to your face, skin shivering like a disturbed horse hide at your touch. Had he ever been touched, you wondered? Had he ever been this close to anyone but the trees and his herd? The frosty look in his eyes and the tremble in his spine led you to believe this was not a common experience. Tomura, you murmured again, earning you a soft birdsong whimper. You have to touch me. I know that. The thing that was not a man, but was simply Tomura, grumbled, grip tensing around your leg. No claws, you warned, when those fingers crept closer to the apex of your thighs. With a far-off nod, one hand drifted towards those knife-point teeth and cracked easily through the nails on the first two fingers. 
They landed with a thud in the dirt before the newly dulled tips ghosted over your outer lips. The nonchalance, the show of power and hints of desperation that dripped into his gaze on you had a new wave of warmth rushing through your veins, though this was altogether hotter and left you in a gush that Tomura collected to ease his exploring. He poked and prodded aimlessly for a moment before finding the little bundle of nerves that sent your back arching under his touch. What? He mumbled, drawing a single finger down from your clit and pausing when he found the yielding skin of your hole and dipped inside, groaning as your walls enveloped him. Warm. You <laughs> <laughs> Warm. <laughs> Things that I can safely say I would not want to hear as someone entered me. Warm. I think, I think there are words missing. <laughs> hmm. I think it's just because it's the one word. It's just like kind of a little creepy. Warm. Warm. Instead of you're warm or this is nice. <laughs> I <laughs> like you. Nice. We're having a good yeah. time. Isn't this just nice? Isn't this warm. pleasant? It's a little bit like the female thing. Like it's this warm. I have discovered warm slot. <laughs> I shall insert. Sorry, go on. You let yourself fall on your back, content to have the god touch you as he pleased. He was so big, and he'd known that before, but it was a different sort of all-encompassing now. Crouched as he was, the shadow he cast down on you made him seem even larger in comparison, swallowing you up in the shade of it. You understood then what he was giving you, changing your form, allowing you to contain something like him in the cradle of your ribs. You wondered distantly how you'd ever be able to fit it all, like a canning jar fit to burst in the pot. Super sexy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My tomatoes are popping out of this jar. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I broke the tension. It's so hot inside you. Tomura whispered in that voice like rolling fields in a gale. Why? You gazed at him blearily, rocking your hips to meet his slow pumping. While he waited for your answer, a second finger prodded you curiously, nudging its way inside along with the first. You felt filled to the brim. The stretch of him burned as though you were being ripped in half. Though the pain faded as your cunt gushed around him, tensing as though to milk a release from him. Because, you panted, cl hands clawing at the dirt by your sides to ground yourself, I'm alive. You looked up at him again when you felt the hand pinning you down drift away. and settled hesitantly between his thighs, only running his knuckles across the pulsating skin at first, then moving to clumsily stroke his length, moaning and drooling as though he even the feeling of self-pleasure was a new enterprise. With eyes glazed in lust, this god of decay, older than the hills, and man met your gaze and leaned to press his forehead to yours. You obeyed that once with the rushing life, warm sensation of the green that ran through Tomura's whole being, that constructed his bones and leached its way into yours. The moon, large and blood-red as your god's eyes, tingled and sparked along your bare skin. The ground around you tremored like cracks appearing in the earth, like the fault lines along Tomura's cheeks. Faint crimson light pushed forth from the soil and pulsed as though it were a heart muscle. This was the magic of the green earth that mother, your grandmama, and her mama used to speak of when you were young, staying up too late on the parlor floor, listening to the stories of the old hills. And you will remain that way. Tomura breathed as your hands gripped his velvet-soft antlers in a flurry of want and need and the humming of the green, pressed your lips to his and savored the taste of death and cycles and soil. His tongue was sweet like fruit rotting on the vine, tinged just a little sour like the plum wine mother let you sip on when you were young. Tomura made guttural, muffled noises as he pressed him to you and looked carefully at the edges of his teeth. He was panting against you now, and really you weren't faring much better, but he was just so big and all over you and Lord it had never felt this way before when you let those farm boys sweet talk themselves into your bed against your better judgments. It felt like you were being consumed, chewed up and sped out into something stronger than before. The feeling only grew with every swipe of that impossibly long tongue over yours, licking almost down your throat and coating your lips in spit and little drops of scarlet that dripped from the cracks in Tomara's lips. I want to feel inside here. He whined, squeezing his cock and bucking his hips up to meet his fist. I want 
want to be inside. Say you want me inside. He trailed off like he didn't know what he was saying or why he was saying it. And you suppose probably he didn't, considering he'd only ever watched his herds during the fall mating seasons and seen the errant couple partaking an evening tryst through the woods. But you found yourself nodding along regardless, knocking your teeth against those canines as you mumbled, yes, 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 into his mouth. You never thought you'd want this thing, this not quite man, this god so badly, but you did. You wanted him like you wanted mother to walk through the screen door in your kitchen and kiss your cheek. You wanted him like you wanted to sock those mine owners right in their bearded jaws. You wanted him like you wanted to smother the black smoke that leaked from the mountains. And you wanted, you wanted, you wanted. All at once, Tomer ripped those thick fingers from your aching cunt, a light and tingling and dying to be filled in a way you'd never felt before, and grabbed you roughly around the middle with one hand. In an instant, you were no longer on your back, but seated in his lap, thighs cushioned under your bottom, and twitching length pressed between your folds. Like this, you barely reached his shoulders, which you clung to as he bent his head down and licked a long stripe up your neck, mouthing over the pulsing veins there. Do it. He whispered, red eyes aglow in the night. And who are you to deny a god? On shaking thighs, you raised your hips and grasped his cock in one fist, so big your fingers could barely touch. He was slick already with his own want, and your head was too cloudy to think about how exactly you'd be walking home back after this. So you lined the pretty rose-flushed head up with your entrance and sank down. It was akin to the relief of pulling a splinter, the way he filled you, slow-like, in inches, the easy, the easiest with the tip, only growing thicker as you went with his hips rearing up until you were sat back on Tomara's lap completely. That was about when you heard it, when his cock was buried in you, deeper than you'd imagine possible, deep enough you figured he'd carved out his own space there. That was when your given name tumbled from the lips of the god. Two hands with clawed pinkies sticking up like the dirtiest tea party imaginable came to rest on your hips. They reached all the way around your waist as he squeezed and drooled and panted above you. Sheathed now in your heat, you could feel every vein and twitch of his dick like the pounding of your own heart in your ears. You couldn't help the dignified chuckle that left your lips at the mess this all-powerful thing had become so quickly once he'd gotten his taste of mortal cunt, and you had half a mind to tell him so, but he must have sensed the thought because any others died as he locked glassy eyes with you and rolled his hips. Tomara, you gasped as he pulled halfway out and rocked back in, licking his tongue between your teeth again to tangle with your own in a rush of sweet decomposition. He hummed and sat back on his haunches, using those powerful freckled arms to fuck you on his cock. And it was so much. He was so unfathom, unfathom, he was so unfathom, fuck me. He was so unfathomably large and strong and otherworldly, despite being of the earth itself. You were lost, adrift in him, and happy to be so. Because you could feel it. The green pouring into you from him as he nudged against your clenching cunt and left his mark on your body with all five of those fingers. It was consumption in a way, decay in another. He was rotting all the mortal parts of you that would turn gray with age and disappear. At the end of this, you would be not quite as well. Not quite human. Not quite God, but all Tomaras. You would be with him and with the green and soil, and you would help him keep it that way. You would accept him and rebirth yourself anew. He was so close, you felt it in the shaking of his thighs, the pulsing of his length inside of you, and the falter in his thrust as you were being pulled down on his cock over and over, and you needed him to fill you even more. This is the part. One horny... English major wrote this paper, by the way, or wrote the story. I mean, <laughs> also, I, big props. When you said Mortal Kombat, my brain just immediately was like, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can do this. <laughs> I believe in you. Just remember, we're both watching. <laughs> Yeah. Do, do you no, want me to turn away? No pressure. No pressure at all. We're just here listening <laughs> intently. It's okay. I already had to say wet <laughs> and warm. warm. <laughs> uh, okay. And you needed him to fill you even more. So good. 
You moaned into the skin of his chest, raking your nails down from his collarbone to thumb and... <laughs> straight up. She's over there slapping her leg. She's laughing so hard. <laughs> Going straight like a prospector over there. Like, how? Oh, oh. <laughs> a little bit wheezy like a prospector. Well, damn. Oh, my gosh. She would feel like I'm at the saloon here in a, a wild yarn. <laughs> I think more friends should sit around reading fanfic porn and, and or just online weird porn to each other this is great keep going well i mean i'm gonna have to start over <laughs> you're gonna have to read that line again i know yeah get some more seltzer booze in me we need to get some like ice packs Express <laughs> against your forehead chest i got the vapors <laughs> okay and you needed him to fill you even more so good, you moaned into the skin of his chest, raking your nails down from his collarbone to thumb at the hardened peaks of his nipples. So good. Don't stop. Tomura grunted and whimpered as you pinched and pulled, squeezed at his chest, eyes locked onto yours as a massive thumb dropped down to where your bodies joined. He rolled it over the skin until he found the little nub that made you tremble before it and rubbed incessantly until your back was arching up and your hands were scrambling for purchase on his arms. Your release didn't hit you like a crash or any matter of explosions. Instead, it, followed, it flowed through you. Building up and rolling through you like a breeze through a wheat field, leaving you shivering and gasping for air as your walls clamped tight around Tomura. It was seconds or minutes or days, perhaps even years, between the time you felt yourself return to your body, coherent enough to take in the, the sight of your god. With his head tipped back towards the burning harvest moon, graceful cheekbones and river-bottom skin that shone, painted with the shadows of his antlers, crying silently into the night, when he finally spilled himself into you. Rope after rope of white, hot release painted your walls and gushed from you down his balls and thighs, dripping to the ground where you, your combined slick leaked into the glowing earth. There was another whirling gust of wind that shook the trees and roared in your ears as the god below you finally stilled the twitching roll of his hips and let his high summer eyes drift closed. Bare and wrapped up in the haze of the green and the aftershocks of pleasure, you caught your breath too, resting easily against the solid wall of his chest. Tomura chuffed against the crown of your head, falling slowly to his back on the earth so you were laid out on top of him, covered in moonlight and sticky but sated. Days and nights might have passed without your knowledge in the little grove where this god held you and the green formed you a new soul, impervious to the passage of time and to rot and dirt. You found yourself calmed by the soft rise and fall of your body as Tomara inhaled in, huffed out in little clouded breaths. This was only when the light of the moon dimmed to its normal, soft silver shine and crickets began to sing in the brush once more that you dared to speak the first words of your new life. What now? You asked. A hand reached up to twirl strands of his thunderstorm hair around your fingers. Now? He mused. And that same voice like raindrops on tree bark. Now we wait with spring. And you knew when the seasons turned, the pact would be complete. That the green would come for you. In this new body, untouched by ages. That the cabin and mother would become the earth again. And you would set the mountains to rights. That you would watch the hills form and fall and grow. And you would do it all beside your not quite deer, not quite man, but all old god. That was a classy piece of lit right there. It was so... That's why I was like, we got to do this one because this is so good. Because that's only the second half. The first yeah. half like, built up all this world. It was very like super interesting. Wild. I love the idea that there was someone sitting around. They were like, I want I want to write this like world. I have this idea. But it definitely needs like a lot of cum in it. <laughs> So much come that How it's like I, I'm throwing paint on a wall. Come like I need it to be like a sploosh explosion. A sploosh splosh. <laughs> this is bursting out of two different people, one in, one out. <laughs> it's like uh, what is it? The sperm whale that shoots out like 50 gallons of semen in like a certain amount of time. It's like so high powered that it wait can, what? Like, 
kill a person if they were in front of it or something like that. Huh. Is, is that a thing? Mm. Or it, it might be the humpback whale that actually does Okay, because I was like, it's too good if it's the sperm whale. Yeah, well, I mean, sperm point. whales also have an enormous amount of gum. <laughs> I mean, they are quite large, I yeah. imagine. <laughs> I feel like um, you all see much more um, drained after that one than the last one. There was a lot of... There was a lot. There was a lot of like things going on. Like you said, there was like world building that mm-hmm. was going on. So I was like yeah. kind of following the world and the descriptions of everything were so excessive that I was like just kind of dead panning off into the distance. Like, okay. Yeah. It's like J.R.R. Tolkien was like <laughs> describing the dew on the grass. Our I- combined slick on the glowing earth. Like I was just like... Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think it's so much that we are drained. I can't speak for Coco, but like I mostly was just listening intently. I was like, this is, this is kind of gorgeous. I, yeah. I, and I'm just like, I did, you know, there were definitely times where I had to hide my Snickers, but like for the most part, I was like, oh, this is just good lit. I'm just here to hear the story, spin that yarn. And yeah, it was just lower like story time than laughing at a funny. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought about in, I don't think this story particularly done it, but a thing I left out and we can cut this if you want. But another thing as far as like the believers side of theories is they talk about that maybe the not deer or skinwalkers or windigos. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the thing I want to say, and again, if you want, we want to cut it, that's fine too. But like, I, um, I think it's just worth noting that specifically the skinwalker, I think, is a little bit more uh, sacred to indigenous populations because, like, the basic story of that creature is that it was once a medicine person and then they turned into a skinwalker. Yeah, they mm-hmm. did a bad thing and then so they got cursed, basically. Yeah. And so I think, as like non native white people, like non indigenous people, like, you know, probably should stay away from that one. Uh, you know, it just it feels like icky. And that's, you know, but there are people that theorize that and whatnot. But, um, you know, I think like what I try to do when I research monsters, like because a lot of them do have origins and like indigenous stories. I try to make sure not to touch on the ones that are sacred because probably shouldn't sexualize them if it's sacred to some (laughs) people's culture. that, That seems pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So like, you know, that's just another one of the theories. But again, one that I don't cotton to per se. Makes me think of American Gods. Actually, that whole no, story yeah, made me is, think of that. Um, I don't know. If, so, there are some like notes behind the story, and um, there, it had something to do with I don't know, if, old gods of Appalachia. Mm-hmm. That there's a podcast or something, and so they took mm. like the green from that, I think. And okay. then Tomara is actually taken from Boku no Hero uh, Academia, the uh, comic and anime. Oh I don't know God. if you all. Okay. No, I'm somewhat familiar. I'm assuming not that character. Yeah, the name. So, like, the, the character whose name they took um, causes destruction with a touch. And ah. so, they kind of took that, this god of decay, sort of, mm-hmm. like, would have used, it. Yeah, used yeah. the name. I like yeah. that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. That, also, that character that they're talking about is an adult. I will... Go ahead and just put that out there. Yeah. Because there yeah, are a lot a of characters in that uh, comic that are children. So we will not. Yeah. I think that was another interesting thing about that story is like, it's like, it's a coming of age story, but for a god. Because like, you yeah. know, there's a lot of implication that this god was a virgin. Yeah. And I was just like, huh, what a twist. What a dweeb. What a dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> Loser. What's up, dweeb? <laughs> Hey, everyone's gonna have the first time eventually. I'm, I'm, I'm not by choice. Oh, so you're an incel? Uh oh. No. Oh, back to the <laughs> no, incels. Wait. Oh, boy. why don't you just call me human again, or am I female? Simone. Let me see your sword collection, <laughs> Mister God of Destruction. Do you do all your I got shopping? I'm gonna bust your sword on my wall. <laughs> the mall ninja shit. <laughs> mall ninja shit. I was going to make a Magic the Gathering joke, but I've met a lot of people who play Magic who aren't like that. But I do want to just be like, let me sh- let me see your fucking deck, bro. <laughs> I mean, we play D&D, so I mean, can we really yeah, joke about that too much? No, They're a different community. <laughs> I, 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 I think I, there is some overlap. There's, there's some, some big overlap, definitely. but they are a different community. Yeah. It's a very different way of thinking about playing a game. Yeah. To me, I, I could never get into it because it's too... It's too structured. Yeah. But yeah. I, I understand for a lot of people who can't do completely unstructured that it's much easier or more fun. 
to have like everything kind of preset and imagined for you. Yeah. But like if I'm trying to play a game and like the rules are basically just that I have to follow these cards in whatever order they come to me, I'm like, and that's cool, but can't we just like, I don't know, go fight a sexy dragon or something? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so, special thanks to listening. Um, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Love at First Sighting. Um, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We also have a Gmail. Please write to us. L-A-F-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. That's laughspod at gmail.com. Send us sexy stories. Send us like your comments. Maybe we, there's a correction. If we need to be called out, whatever. We love it. Thank you again. Appreciate it. Tell your friends. Have them come listen. And uh, watch the shadows, sweeties. Stay horny, babes. Go fuck a monster. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.